0: This is the Employment Law Show.
1: All righty, Tuesday evening. Welcome to it's six thirty-two, uh, and we're ready to go. John Scull's here. Leor Samfiru also joining, of course. And you want to reach out to Leor in your own time. And have that conversation right off the top. We'll give you that contact info, one 855 821 help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. For email and the website, often your first stop, and it can be no problem, it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The main topic In a couple minutes here, we'll be employers don't want us to tell you this stuff, but we will anyway. We're going to pull back the curtain on a lot of things you might not know about employment law and your workplace. So uh, we'll get to that here momentarily. As mentioned, pal, case of the day, what do you got cooking on your end? Hey, John, I am so excited as always to be here talk Mm -hmm. about
0: employment law and solve some of those mysterious issues that come up and they're mysterious sometimes because you may not know what to do you think that this is something is going on you're not sure exactly what it is is this something that i should be worried about my boss told me this uh, thing today they made a weird comment what does this all mean can i get in trouble well let's talk about it Uh, i i've seen pretty much everything there is to see. I know when employers try to do something, when they don't, and I know what the law says and how the law can help you. So let's talk about those issues that you're facing right now. Call the show. If you are concerned that tomorrow is going to be a bad day, well, let's make sure you're prepared for it. If you lost your job, if your compensation has changed, if you're being mistreated by someone in the workplace, what does this mean and what can you do? Well, I can tell you. All you have to do is ask the question. You can walk away with all the answers. And of course, we're here for 30 minutes, but 30 minutes only beyond this show. Very, very easy to connect with me and my team by phone and by email. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But case of the day, as John said, that's where I always like to start. I spoke uh, with a gentleman who was, or at one point, the good soldier for his employer. His employer said, I need you for the next few weeks to take a later shift. Uh uh you know we were looking to ha- hire someone for that shift but i need you to cover that shift. This guy used to work standard 9 to 5. He was asked to work evenings. So he told his employer, "Okay, yeah, of course i'm going to help you out. I'm 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 the good soldier. Uh whatever you need, i got you." So he worked that shift and you know it was very hard as as you can imagine. He had to change a bit of his lifestyle. And one week passed by, two weeks passed by, three weeks passed by, nothing uh, change company didn't say anything to him he was expecting that they would bring someone else and so he finally asked his boss say well, you know when can I expect to go back did you hire someone company says well we're still working on it we'll let you know another two weeks pass by he follows up again they say now we've decided ultimately that we like you in this role so we're gonna keep you in this role and uh, we're not gonna hire someone else so he says, well, wait, no, that's not what we agree to. They go back and forth by email. And ultimately what he gets from the company is the message. Well, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the shift that we have for you. And that's our decision. We It's our prerogative to make that decision. So of course, being a smart guy, he calls me and he wants to know what do I do here? So here's how this works, John. Uh, he was the good soldier, but he told his company he's going to help them temporarily. They made it clear that it's temporary. So he's not deemed to have accepted this new shift permanently. And why is that important? It's important because the company doesn't have a right to force this on him. They don't have a right to change his shift this way, to take him from a a regular daytime shift into an evening shift. By doing that, by now forcing it on him, uh, despite him now agreeing, he has the option to treat this as a constructive dismissal. He can say no i'm not doing this so here's what i'm going to do instead i'm going to treat this as a termination of my employment now company you're going to have to pay me severance now this is a long service employee 11 and a half years there he's going to be easily looking at a a year's pay maybe more so i'm going to help him get that but a reminder there number one that your employer can't just change your shift can't force you to work different hours you know Evenings when you weren't working evenings, weekends when you weren't working weekends, they can't force that. And if you're going to help them out for a while, you're going to take on another shift, that's absolutely fine. But make sure that you make it clear to the company that you're not accepting this permanently. You're going to do this for a few weeks while they need you, but then you expect to go back to your old shift. If they don't let you come back, if they now force a new shift on you, that's a constructive dismissal.
1: And always reaching out on your own time, as I mentioned, you can have these conversations with Leor, a member of his team one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, but we'll uh, we'll get into our main topic for the night, Leor as we get into uh, the stuff that a lot of people aren't going to know may shock some, but employers don't want us to tell you this stuff, but we're going to. Number one, you can't be temporarily laid off if you don't want to be. Everybody assumes you gotta suck it up and go, right?
0: So So John, sometimes I get uh, emails, angry emails from employers. <laughs> saying to me, you know, you're you're saying all these things to employees. You're you're trying to get them to uh, hurt the system, hurt their employers. Well, nonsense, of course. I never say anything that's not of the law. This is not the opinion show, right? <laughs> this is not what Leo thinks show. This is the employment law show. So if, if I say something on this show, it's because that's what the law provides. So to get upset at me because I tell employees what the law says and what it doesn't say... Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Some things that employers often tell me that they wish employees didn't know, but hey, I think they should. And one of the big ones is the temporary layoff. Your employer may now want you to know that you don't have to accept a temporary layoff, that a temporary layoff may be illegal. In most cases, an employer that puts you on a temporary layoff gives you the right to consider that as a constructive dismissal. Remember, your employer can't make a significant change to the terms of employment. Well, put you on a, putting you on a temporary layoff and essentially make, meaning that you're making zero income, that's a pretty darn big change. So because of that, if you're put on a temporary layoff, yeah, you can accept it if you want, but you can also not accept it and instead choose to consider that a constructive dismissal. Keep in mind, if you accept it and you go back to work, then you've given the company the right to do it again. And that's a very bad thing. You don't want the company to have the right to just put you on a temporary layoff every few months. So you have that right. Your employer may not tell you that. They may not want you to know that. They may want you to think that you have no choice. Well, you just heard it here. You have a choice. You can consider a temporary layoff to be a constructive dismissal.
1: That aside, the uh, Leora Opinion Show, I think we should take that out for a spin. It would have to probably be after midnight, and I don't think it'll have anything to do with employment law, but that's a completely different show for a different time. going to pitch that for sure. But uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you would, and it'd be fantastic. Let's take one uh, short little break here, guys. We'll get back into more of our topic, employers, the stuff they don't want us to let you know and tell you, but we are Tuesday evening edition of the Employment Law Show. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. The stuff employers don't want us to tell you here in this show, but we're going to to do it anyway we talked about temporary layoff a massive one another big one is that your employer can't just decide to change your hours or job responsibilities location pay for that matter right all those things
0: so that's a big 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 one that employers really don't like that i tell employees about it's like well you know employees should believe that i'm the employer and i can make the decision i can change their hours and i can change their job and i'm the employer it's my workplace except you can't, not because I say you can't, because that's what the law says. So no, your employer does not have the right, even though it is the employer, doesn't have the right to just change your job in any way that it wants. Now, the employer has a right to make some minor changes. Right. If your shift changes from 9 to 5 to 8.30 to 4.30, it may not make you happy, but an employer can do that. The flip side of that is so your employer can't change you from days to weekend to, to evenings or from weekdays to weekends. Can't do that. That's a significant change. And anytime there's a significant change that gives you the right to consider it a constructive dismissal. Now, when I say your employer doesn't have a right to make changes to your job, I don't mean that you can physically stop them from doing that. What I mean is that if you're faced with such a change, you can say, no, uh, I am considering that to be a constructive dismissal because I'm not okay with what you're doing, employer. I'm leaving and now you have to pay me my severance. Employers don't like to pay severance. Uh, and because of that, employers often try to do these th- these types of changes to your hours, to your pay, to your job, thinking that you won't know you have the option. Well, you do have the option. If you find yourself in that situation, before you walk away from the from work, before you tell your employer, no, no, this is a constructive dismissal, let's talk. Because we need to do this uh, the right way.
1: You know, you mentioned a little bit of wiggle room that an employer may have with you know hours of work and stuff like that. Just before we get to a call, do they have a little bit of wiggle room with pay, or that's untouchable?
0: They do. So generally speaking,
1: wow. anytime uh, we
0: we get to that near that fifteen percent mark in terms of oh, a change, okay. constructive dismissal territory. But you know, can they do five, eight, even ten percent change? It's going to make you very unhappy. In- happy if the employer does, but it's probably not enough to be a constructive dismissal. But once we get anywhere near that 15%, no. That is too far. That's a significant change, and that absolutely results in a constructive dismissal.
1: Jennifer, thanks for uh, waiting in the wings momentarily. How are you this evening?
2: I'm really good, thanks.
1: Love it. What's uh, what's on your mind?
2: Okay, so my daughter, when she took a job two years ago, she signed an employment contract and there was a clause limiting severance. Um, Then she ended up every time she got a promotion and she was given another employment contract to sign and I was trying to convince her to scratch that out. Um, She didn't. So my question is, had she scratched that uh, clause out, um, can they withdraw that?
0: Um, increase and in promotion? Uh, well, certainly an employer can say, well, let's start with the idea that an employer can decide whether to promote someone or give someone a raise. So because they can decide, they can say, we're only gonna give this raise to you, which we're not obligated to do. We're gonna give it to you if you sign this document. So mm-hmm. if they don't get back the document that they want, that uh, may mean that they decide not to go ahead and give the promotion and the raise. That said, uh, for an employee, it's better in some situations to even not have a promotion and not have an employment agreement uh, in place or a new one. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Your daughter at some point signed uh, an employment agreement with the term limiting or severance. Th- there's an extremely like, uh, high likelihood that that term limiting or severance is not enforceable because the way these things were drafted a few years ago are no longer enforceable. It's very likely that the new employment agreement That the company wants her to sign has a much better and more enforceable term limiting her severance so if she takes the promotion signs that and let's say two months later she's let go she would get a tiny portion of the severance she would otherwise get and that could cost her tens of thousands of dollars potentially so in some situations it may be better to say you know what as much as i'd love the promotion i'm not going to sign it if it means giving up my future severance but can the employer not promote it in that situation? Yes, they can.
2: So if, so it would go back to the original contract that she signed limiting her um, severance funds.
0: Which is probably- Her
2: original, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, go ahead.
2: Her her original contract, she signed the limitations. It was during the pandemic um, and it's it's in the um, event industry. So that's why I'm wondering, like, now it's too late. She's already signed it, but...
0: Well, no, no. So I I think you kind of missed the point I was making, is that there's a very high likelihood that the agreement that she signed back then, even though it tried to limit her severance, that wasn't effective because the way those agreements were drafted a few years ago was in a way that currently they're no longer enforceable. That's a good thing. But if she signs a new employment agreement, they're going to fix those problems and they're going to make it enforceable. So um, if she's la- she's probably far better off operating under the old agreement than a new up to date one, which will limit her severance in an effective way.
2: Okay, great. Okay, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Really appreciate that. If there's any uh, confusion or more questions uh, going forward, you can always reach out to Leo and his team anytime and have that conversation. One eight five five eight two one. 5,900, some of the stuff we're talking about tonight, uh, your employer probably will never and tries not to let you know these things, but uh, we're doing it. Now, here's a big one as well. In certain industries, it's bigger than others. You may be an employee who has been misclassified, right, as an independent contractor. You may love it, but legally, it ain't right. So it is very,
0: very, very likely. I, I can guarantee you that we have people right now listening to our show that believe that they're independent, Contractors, maybe they've even been doing this for years and for all those years believe that they're independent contractors. Except, guess what? They're probably not, they've been misclassified. And the law is actually fairly straightforward. If you look like an employee and you act like an employee, then you're an employee. Doesn't matter if you believe you're a contractor, if the company that you work for says you're a contractor, if you sign a piece of paper that says you're a contractor, ultimately it doesn't matter. So, if you're performing an important service, your employer if you're uh working regular hours if they tell you what to do where to go etc well you're an employee and because of that you have certain rights that a contractor doesn't have for example you have the right to get overtime pay Mm -hmm. and to get vacation pay and statutory holiday pay and of course you have the right to get your severance if you are let go so it's very important to understand that distinction. And employers really don't like it when I talk about those things because they say, well, we want our people to to believe they're contractors if we tell them that they are. We don't want to have to pay them severance, et cetera. Well, you have to understand, you have to know that you are very, very likely uh, if you believe you're a contractor, really are an employee. So how do you find out for sure? You can always call me and I'll tell you. But also, of course, you can use our uh, our tool. We have a, an independent contractor employee tool. You can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. When you go there, you will see our tool to, that allows you to answer a few questions and to find out if you're an employee or a contractor. This issue often, John, comes up when someone is let go. Yeah, The person is let go, company says, oh, you're a contractor, we're letting you go, but we're not paying you any service because you're not an employee. Mm-hmm. They call me, we talk, realize, no, no, they really are an employee and we get them severance. So if that sounds familiar, if that's your situation, you got to give me a call right away.
1: What happens if uh, Lior someone says, oh, but I'm incorporated? I'm incorporated. Does that make any difference?
0: Does not make any difference. No. You've, you've paid a fee, you've signed some papers, and, and you start your own corporation, and you use that corporation to bill the company that you work for. Does not make you an employee at all. What, uh, sorry, does not make you a contractor at all you're still an employee what would make you a contractor well if you're using that corporation to build various clients you have clients and customers you set your hours your pay uh your your your, uh work location if you make those decisions with various customers you're absolutely an independent contractor if you work for one company in most cases the law is going to consider you to be an employee of that company even if you've incorporated
1: Our next one on the list of things your employer will not throw up on the whiteboard with a Sharpie anytime soon, and that is you are owed your full severance as much as, get this, 24 months, two years, even if you work for a little tiny mom-and-pop shop.
0: That's right. So it's very important with these small companies. And, you know, here maybe I'm being a bit unfair to employers because maybe it's not a situation where your employer hopes you don't know this. Maybe it's simply a situation where your employer itself doesn't know this. If you're working for a very small employer, that employer may believe because they're a small employer, they let you go, they don't have to pay you severance. Except guess what? That is wrong, that is false. Couldn't be more false in fact. Whether you work for a company with two employees or 2,000 employees, yes, you are owed severance if you lose your job. So I always say it's very simple. If you had a job and you lost that job, you are owed severance. And yeah, that could be as much as two years paid. So whether you're working for a corner store, uh, a dental office, uh, a, a little small uh, uh, retailer, does sure. not matter. If you had the job and you lost it, you're owed severance. And oftentimes your employer may say, no, no, that's not the case. Uh, we're a small company. That only applies to these big companies. Not at all. You're absolutely owed your full severance.
1: I want to take a moment here and slide over and grab a call. Got to Bob on the line. Hi, Bob. Good evening. Thanks for calling in, pal. How are you?
3: I'm doing fine, thank you. The question base is on this basis. I am an employer in a professional practice. I have a staff member working from for 25, 26 years. She moved from Ontario to Alberta in 2014. I am closing my practice at the end of June of this year. Do I have a liability?
0: Absolutely, do? yes. You, you do because it's impossible, almost, impo- well, I'm gonna say it's impossible to have someone that works for you for 25 years and for the law not to consider them to be an employee after all these years. So yes, if and when this person is gonna be out of a job because you're, you're closing down shop, then you have to pay them severance and that severance could be as much as 24 months pay. Now, the one way you have to reduce that liability and I would do this immediately uh, if you haven't already is give them advance notice in writing that on this particular date they're going to be out of work that you're closing down effective june 1st or whatever it is and they're going to be out of work because that time between now and june those months count towards the severance so if between okay. now and june i don't know let's say there's four months or however many months uh those four months count towards the severance so instead of having to pay them an extra 24 months you only have to pay them an extra 20. so you've reduced your liability somewhat Uh, but yes you do have liability if you've had someone work for you for that long all right
3: keep in mind she has she has registered a business under her own name as a professional services company she only works when i fax information to her to to be done and it could be five or ten minutes a day a week or a month there are there's terms to it other than when she actually produces something for me
0: and does she work for, for others, uh, Bob?
3: I have no idea, but she re- has registered herself as a professional business.
0: Yeah, and, and, and we were just talking about that. Whether someone's registered as a business or have incorporated ultimately it does not make them a contractor so you're still likely have her as an employee if if you want to give me a call offer so we can have a proper consultation I find out exactly what she does how often how you pay her happy to chat so we can get into the uh, into the nitty-gritty of this and and have a more exact uh, uh, overview of the situation
3: I'll be glad to do that I will call you
1: thanks Bob really uh, really appreciate that I'm gonna take one more quick call Uh, Joey got about a minute pal what's going on quickly
3: I just want to ask a quick question. So, yeah. if a company ends up going bankrupt, but they lay you
0: off, uh, can you? Do they have insurance for coverage, or can I do anything about it?
1: Good question. Yeah.
0: So, if they're actually bankrupt, another formal bankruptcy, not just not have money, but it, it, if they're it, formally it bankrupt, there's yeah, no insurance, bio-formal. unfortunately. And- and uh, you you can file for your claim with the trustee in bankruptcy, but the chances of getting anything is very very small. And if you get something, it will be a tiny amount. Uh, that's the the worst thing that can happen in a bank is a bankruptcy. There's no insurance that covers it.
1: Yeah, Joe. Appreciate that final call. That'll close it up for tonight. But uh, Leor and I are back in here tomorrow, six thirty. So if any questions come to mind, keep them in your brain, lock them in there, and join us at six thirty, and grab that phone to call into the uh, the station for sure. In the meantime, reaching out to Leor and his crew 1-855-821-5900, The number, the email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and that website will tell you ninety percent of what you need to know. Pocket Employment Lawyer. And we will catch you tomorrow right here again at 630 for the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your night.